Welcome to another episode of Building a Leadership Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki C., all the way from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, here with another amazing guest, as we always do, bringing you some great uh, content, some stories, uh, the path within someone's struggle. We always see the success and the glory and um, receiving all the praises, but no one really knows like what... Uh, that actually takes to get there unless you're actually taking those steps in your life. So we're bringing you the possibilities, the what could be's and um, gathering community together to be able to take this journey on um, as a unit, not by yourself. So thank you so much. Wanted to shout out our sponsors, Jose Escobar with the Connected Leaders Academy, Patrick Rude with uh the IRS's Dirty Little Secrets. Also, Julie and Noah with Breathe Capital Planning. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support our mission and our journey. If you want to check the sponsors out and what they do, they're on www.buildingaleadershipmindset.com, where you can also find everything that's happening with Bomb Global, our tour, our upcoming events, and what our mission is. Definitely book a call and connect with us today and see how you can be part of that mission. But without further ado, let's introduce our guest today, which I just met back just a couple weeks ago when I launched um, my sixth anthology. And I was also at the AMA Speaker uh, World Cup of speakers competition where I was the timer and had the privilege of not only meeting her, but hearing her leave her heart on the stage and just impact the room. So without further ado, her name is Maritza Garitti and she's a mother of five, uh, three bio, two adopted, fostered, uh, she's a wife, she's a daughter, sister, grandmother, graduate of Gwend Mercy College with a BS in business administration, recent past positions, 11th Ward Committee person, president of the Simon Gratz Mastery Charter High School Parent Association, member and vice president of the Mastery Parent Action Council, community, community advocacy manager for Mastery Chapter charter schools in Camden, New Jersey, former bilingual resource parent coordinator, then resource parent coordinator, supervisor for EI Concilio, for El Concilio, part of Philly Count Latino, subcommittee of the 2020 census, member of LULAC, Greater Philadelphia chapter, uh, number 20010, member of the Mary McLeod Bethune, elementary school advisory counselor, creator of host of Loops In with Maritza, founding member of National Parents Union, PA delegate and council member, former deputy director of Parent Voice and Outreach for the National Parents Union, continuously an advocate for the education of children and their parents. She has made a choice to continue to speak for those that can't speak for themselves. Now, that bio is so impressive. And I love all the parenting work that she does as a parent and being a high 
active parent throughout my son's journey. He graduated from high school, has no desire for college, but definitely stepping into his purpose and um, went through a journey, uh, IEP journey with him that he did not even know about. Um, but when I met with Maritza and heard some of these things. So I'm getting privy to all this information and she's absolutely amazing. So when I heard some of these things, I knew we had to connect and I had to have her on. So without further ado, let's bring up Maritza. Great morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you so very much for the introduction and and reading my bio. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, hearing somebody else read it, it's just like... <laughs> But I'm so happy you asked me to be with you here this morning. I am happy that you uh, gracefully accepted. And it was just super awesome, again, to meet you, to hear your story, um, to kind of get to know a little bit about you. And then now connecting with you is just super awesome that what one decision to attend an event or to take a step in your purpose, because you were, we were introduced the same way I was introduced to that community, that same AMA community. Um, and that was at a speaker competition. So I give it all uh, to you, props to you, because it's scary. You don't know anyone. And I'm sure we've been speaking forever, right? As a corporate trainer, I spoke, um, but it still was a different feel. So we'll get into like that experience, but tell us a little bit about uh, your background. Where did you grow up? Um, just, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, my parents separated when I was very young, I think seven years old. My mother moved us to North Jersey to a city named Passaic, New Jersey. That is where I, 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 I guess I cut my teeth in, in, in having street sense. Um, understanding. Um, fortunately, I grew up in a space that was very, very diverse. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, in high school, it was a mix of all nationalities in the apartment building where I lived. It was like, it was, it was, it was Dominicans. It was Puerto Ricans. It was Cubans. It was Peruvians. It was Colombians. It was, it was African-American families, um, you know, all throughout. And, and I mean, we're still close friends to this day um, from 1979 to now we're still friends. To this day, with, with a lot of the, the, the people that I grew up with, uh, the people that I know from Pasig, New Jersey, you know, I'm still very attached to that community. I still go back. Um, I'm, I'm going to be celebrating my 35th high school graduation anniversary. So it's like, what are we doing? You know, we're looking good in our 50s. You know, it's, and, and I mean, it's a thing now. People in their 50s are looking better than some of these young people that, you know, some of these young millennials. We're, we're looking better. We're feeling better. Um, we, we've learned from all the obstacles that we faced when we were younger. So it's like when they're like, you know, my sons are millennials, my older sons are millennials and, and you know, parents. And, and I just sit back and I'm like, okay. And they're seeing my, you know, they're realizing the things that, I went through with them when I was, I was a single parent for 15 years um, before I met my husband and had my, my, my eldest daughter, Mecca, who is now, she's going to be 19 this Sunday. So it's like, woo! <laughs> but it's, it's been a journey. I mean, coming from a space that, like I said, is very multicultural, but because of that, I experienced a lot of things that were very different because my mother 
who just turned 75 this past Sunday, she was very open to us having experiences, being around many different ethnicities and people from different backgrounds. Unlike, I re I, I felt what I call sometimes refer reverse discrimination hmm. because of the fact that I identify as Dominicana. My family's from the Dominican Republic. I identify as Afro-Latina. And when I was in high school, I got people telling, I had people telling me, my sister as well, well, you're not Dominican enough because you weren't born there. Mm. Um, mind you, my Spanish is great. I'm 100% I'm biliterate. And that is something that I had to fight with somebody to put on my revised resume, biliterate. Because I was like, anybody could put bilingual on their resume. But not everyone can read, write, and speak another language. Mm. So I was very adamant with the person that was helping me streamline my resume. I said, no, you will put biliterate. And he was like, but not many people understand that word. I said, well, they're going to learn today. Yes. They're going to understand what that means. So when they see that on that one sheet resume, this is a tip for anybody. Do not cut yourself short. Don't limit your assets. Mm -hmm. And that's what I put on there. I was like, that's why I was like, biliterate, big, bold. So they could know that I have a talent that not many people use or like to emphasize because I have over 35 years of customer service experience in corporate, in the private sector, in human services, and even government. I worked for the IRS for almost five years. I literally left the IRS with one month remaining to be fully vested wow. because I saw another opportunity. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the opportunity, that other opportunity was when I was able to work with people. People don't realize working a government job when I did, Nikki, it was crazy because I was a tax examiner. Mm -hmm. I was the person that reviewed that 1040 where you're trying to get that earned income credit or that adoption credit or that small business, you know, when they had to take care of their, their 1099s and things like that. And I questioned what people put on their tax returns. I liked being on the phone with people. Mm. My colleagues didn't like it, but I looked forward to it. The English line, the Spanish line, because I, I'm the kind of person that likes to interact, whether it be by phone, whether it be in person. So when I had the opportunity, to, somebody said to me, Maritza, you know what, because of the experience you have in working with, you're very outspoken because of the work you did while your son was attending Simon Gratz Mastery Charter High School. Um, they didn't know anything, no, anything, no, they didn't know anything about me personally. Like they didn't know mm -hmm. I had a college degree. They didn't know I was biliterate. They were like, oh, Miss Gertie, you have a college degree? Yes, I do. You speak Spanish? Yes, read, write, and speak Spanish. We have an opportunity for you. So it was an opportunity to be the liaison, the middle person, the bridge builder between parents, families, community, and mastery charter schools, which is very big in Philadelphia was just getting known in Camden, New Jersey, I helped to further establish their footprint. I was in the community. I was allowed to hire people that lived in the community to help me spread the message about the school. I actually was able to hire my son 
to also, I said, when people would be like, well, what was it like? You know, what are kids like? What do they experience? I said, well, my son right here, he worked, he lived, he went to the school, he graduated <laughs> from the high schools. You can ask him anything you want in English or Spanish, and he'll explain to you what his experience was going to the school in Philadelphia. And that, for me, I love being able to help people from a very early age from when I had to because I was unfortunately forced to, as many children of immigrant families had to translate for my mother. Yeah. That's where it started. It started very early for me, my desire to help and advocate for others. Oh my goodness. What a powerful story. So much to unpack. You're going, you know, moving from Brooklyn, like what age was that? You said about seven? I was seven years old. Um, my my father, unfortunately, was a an alcoholic, a chronic alcoholic, um, so much so that he lost his legs mm. when I was 12 due to falling asleep in a vehicle in the dead of winter due to frostbite. That happened when I was told. When my parents split, it was because my mother, my mother said enough. My mother, unfortunately, was a victim of a very abusive person. And I mean, my earliest memories of, were of him being violent. I have very few live memories of him being um, a good dad. I mean, I see pictures. I mean, a lot of pictures. I'm sitting on his lap, we're playing, we're laughing, ha ha ha. But the real memories that I have were of him being violent towards my mother. And she didn't want him to then turn to us, so she decided to pack her children up. My memory was of, of being, remembering my father striking my mother on a day that he was supposed to pick me up for a weekend visit with him. And she said, no, because you've been drinking. And he he knocked my mother's front teeth out. That's my earliest memory of my dad being violent. And then another issue where he chased her around the house with a knife and she came into our room and he came after her and she had enough and was like, let's go. And we left and we never went back. She never took him back. She said that was it. And she struggled as a single parent. She worked two and three jobs. I mean, I learned how to clean offices because I worked. I, I worked alongside of her. Um, she did. She struggled and and you know did everything she had to do to become a citizen. She, uh, she's like my my. I, I mean, she's like my biggest role model. She brought her sisters from Dominican Republic along with their families back when you were able to do that back in the '80s. Um, all that, and she only had a, a fourth grade education. Wow. So she, you know, she's owned properties. She's sold property. She's retired now. Um, it was wonderful for her to see her daughters, her her grandchildren, and her great-grandchildren, because I'm a grandma. Um, yeah, I have a four-year-old grandson named Caleb and a five-month-old grandson named Masul. She got to see everybody all at once, celebrating her, along with her older sister, Matias Ramona. So it was, it was nice. It was very nice. And I cooked everything. So... You know, I saw a lot of things right. that affected me um, growing up in Jersey. I mean, I, I I learned a lot. And then when I came to Philadelphia, I've been in Philadelphia since 1991. I, I, I always say I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Jersey, became an adult and learned about love in Philly. Gotcha. I say that because, you know, um, my my husband, I met him as a single parent with two sons. And he's been my greatest supporter ever since. Like every time people ask me, how are you able to, to always 
be everywhere you, you, you're able to go and you have children at home. I said, because I have a partner that supports me, that supports me fully, that says, don't worry about it. I know why you're doing what you're doing. Go handle your business. I got, I I have home for us. I I have it. The kids are fine. That is an absolute blessing. And I can a hundred thousand percent relate being married 22 years, not having to put my son in daycare for one single day. Um, because she, you know, while I went out there and worked, she worked from home. So she's like, well, I'll just pick them up, take them. You know, she had our two granddaughters and it was just a blessing. So when you get that in your life, you just have to really hold on to it and nurture it. And, um, sometimes, you know, we've, heard single parents like your mom went through it all by herself and you know still got to a place of I had to do this for my children right yes. and um I got it done no complaining you know if I had to work three jobs I worked three jobs I've had to lose a couple days of sleep or eating it's all these things that we kind of think about and some people don't even want to go through that yeah. Um, but that is part of the story, part of the journey. We're not saying to to get there, but just take action, no matter what it is. If someone with those barriers can do it, why can't we that have no barriers? Because you know why? We create our own barriers. Yes, yes we do. So, oh my goodness, thank you so much for sharing um your story, for um just opening up another light of hope. Uh, that, you know, you can, but I'm going to uh, switch it a little bit and just make, um, how was your, how has this journey, that journey that you just shared with us shaped your mindset, your leadership mindset? Oh, goodness. I think that there are two, there are two sides of me, the, the take charge. Um, I guess, cause I'm a mom, you know, let me just take care of it, you know, always just taking care of it to make sure it gets done, to make sure everybody's okay. But then there's a side of me that says, you know what? Look at how I do things. Look at how I say things. Look at how I handle things. Take from that whatever you feel resonates within you and incorporate it in what you do. And I use that same mindset when when they would ask me to to help train others or to supervise others or to monitor others. Cause you know, when, when you're a customer service and you move up the chain, you end up having to monitor phone calls. And when I worked at the IRS, there was um, a woman that worked in a cubicle on the other side of me. And I love her so much. Her name was, her name was Yvette. And she, when we would get on the Spanish line, I would sometimes, you know, be at my cubicle like, no, no. And, and um, somebody walked by and was like, what's the matter? And I was like, I'm sitting here. And and I would teasingly say, you cannot speak North Philly Spanish to these people <laughs> on the Spanish line. You have to be professional, you know? And, you know, and, and she's like, I'm Marisa, I know, I know. I'm like, no, you don't know. You keep on doing it. They're not your friend. They're not your neighbor. <laughs> They're not your family member. You know, she will be really, really casual and informal and i'm like what and you know i I said i love you you know your job you know your thing the technical side of it absolutely knew how to handle everything i said i just need you to just be a little bit just a little bit less 
informal when you're talking to these phones because they're calling us. This is yeah. a business. Yeah. Although we are the IRS. <laughs> so I, I see myself as two things, as both a take charge leader, but also as a person that helps support and train and develop. Beautiful, because that's what we all need to be doing, right? Continuing to develop not only ourselves, our skills. And for Bomb Global, it's all about building leaders globally, right? We can't be great leaders if we're not building other great leaders. Like, yes. that's the whole point. Yes. Um, not to take it, to, you know, um, take it on your own, take it upon yourself and just figure it out all by yourself. Like, it takes a team, it takes a community to really feed into those areas where we need the most uh, assistance in and um, taking charge of that. That's a true leader that would ask for, hey, you know, how can I help? How can I support? Um, love that. What challenges or setbacks have you faced and how have they contributed to your growth as a leader? I can honestly say that um, I've been fired from jobs. I've been, you know, not just laid off, but fired. Um. And, it, and the times that it has occurred to me, one time was because I decided to speak up for something that I saw was was not correct. And I was, you know, I, I worked at a furniture company. I was the, the service manager for a catalog furniture company based in Philly, but the salespeople were in New York. The salespeople walked around with these huge binders of cat, pictures of catalog furniture. The managers, you know, were always in constant communication with me as well. But I got to the point where I got tired of having customers call in with complaints about the quality of the items that they bought. Mm. They were sold a dream. Mm. I mean, this is not 100% oak. This is compressed wood. This is not 100% leather. This is polyurethane. So these are things that have to be taken care of. And then you have to figure, you're not going to get a 100% leather living room set for $800, a three-piece. I, I sent an email one day to the managers just asking them to just try to curtail that, that pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. We're trying to say that these things are authentic or a hundred percent. Oh my goodness. Wow. They were like, how dare she? Who does she think she is? <laughs> and then the operations manager, who's a person that I reported to, she was like, hi, my It was a family owned business. So it was like, son was the owner. Sister was the credit manager. Father was the accounting manager. Mother was the operations manager. Then me. So I got fired. Wow. I got fired. But I maintained a good relationship with her. Mm -hmm. I ended up working for another work. I ended up working in my um, my first corporate job, which I worked for Chrysler Financial. I moved up okay. the chain there. And she gave me a glowing recommendation. And then when my time there ended, um, because they were shifting things around, I, I had another opportunity. And she ended up being a supervisor at a human services organization and ran into me there. She was like, my Tony. I was like, how are you? Like, how are you? She was like, oh my. So, you know, when I worked at El Concilio, great experience. 
wonderful organization, the largest Latino or nonprofit in Philadelphia. I, my experiences there were great. I still have relationships there, even though we parted ways. Um, my most recent job, I was offered a lot of opportunities. I had a lot of experiences, but management, direct management was not what it should have been. And then when I asked for professional development, that's the thing you should be doing. If you're not working for yourself, mm-hmm. you should be with an organization, with an entity that is helping to develop you. Absolutely. And if you see that you're, you see that you find yourself constantly asking for development and it's not happening, or you're constantly being told it's not in the budget, that is when you have to choose, am I going to invest in myself because they're not investing in me? Mm. And I made a choice. And I, and I, when I saw that I had to keep continuously keep on investing in myself when I saw opportunities for my professional development, things changed. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's huge because a lot of people don't even ask for it. They just oh. assume, okay, it's a job. I'm just going to be here. As long as I keep my head down and do what I'm supposed to do. Um, But then, you know, we're overworked. We're burnt out. I mean, I've worked at my corporate job for 14 years. Love what I did. Love the people I worked with. Had great relationships outside with my management team. But when I was not moving up the ladder, I had one promotion in 14 years. Also started as a call center representative. Did that for eight, became a pre-cert coordinator, um, and then became an onboarding trainer. So any new person that came in, I was training them, but it didn't come with a title and it didn't come with a pay raise. Exactly. Now, don't get me wrong. Overtime was great. I was making great money. Not a problem, but I didn't have time for my family. I would skip some, you know, holidays and what was that serving me? I don't even have a title. Why am I working so hard for someone else? And then 2020 comes and COVID smacks us in the face. And we're like seeing a little bit more clearer. And I had to create the path myself. So I love that you stood up and we, that's what we have to do. If we're not happy, we're the only ones that can make ourselves happy. It's not, no one can give that to us. We have to make the choice. We have to put ourselves in positions to see what's the best for us, but we're not taking the time to do it. Oh my God, great stuff. I am like fired up. You don't understand, Um, but we're gonna go into one more question and then we'll take a break and then we'll come back and see how people can get a hold of you. So how do you maintain a positive, resilient mindset, especially in challenging situations? Oh my goodness. I I always have to make sure that I have to remind myself that everyone is not like me. Mm. And also I had to learn this and I just recently learned this. It's twofold. I'm going to say it quickly. Not everyone that calls you friend is a friend. Mm. And I had to learn the hard way to separate an acquaintance, what an acquaintance is, a friend is, and a coworker is. Mm-hmm. And that for me right now, I, 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 I had to grieve um, the manner in which I was separated from my former employer because I, div- I, I thought 
that I formed many good, good working relationships and even some friend-like relationships. But now I know who have who had been authentic with me and who still is authentic with me. There are still some that are very authentic with me. And 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 I and I cherish that and I'm gonna maintain that because like I said, everywhere that I've worked, every every place that I have been, I made sure to maintain connections and maintain relationships because the world is very small and you never know who you're gonna run into. So I'm not gonna burn, I don't burn bridges. I build them and keep them connected. I love that. And I, I actually got that from you when you told me that you were so connected with that mom, right? The family member that um, you can still kind of pick up where you left off and that's okay. We don't always have to, in this space, like again, we have choices. We don't always have to agree or our current season doesn't have to align but we still have to nurture those relationships because you never know when they're going to be needed down the line. Absolutely. And for many reasons, right? Just for a follow-up, a catch-up, a potential collaboration, a, uh, a person to just chat with. Like it's so much greatness when you are intentional about building those bridges and, and what comes out of it. And, it, it just surprises me every single day when I meet new individuals, just hearing their stories and just seeing what a positive uh, perspective they have on life. And I just love people that love life, right? That want to just help that next person out get to their next level. Yes. It's just amazing how we can just do that. And it doesn't cost us um, anything for that. So just going back. So we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back uh, with Marissa and talk a little bit more about what she has going on. So <laughs> let's uh, dive in here. Hi, my name is Jose Escobar, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Connected Leaders Academy. We're a growing tribe, a community of some of the highest level entrepreneurs, high performers, titans of industry all over the world. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to scale your business, take it to a whole nother level. The Connected Leaders Academy is your hub. You want to be a part of this tribe, and mainly for five reasons. To grow, personally and professionally. We all want to be better people. We all want to be better entrepreneurs. To scale your influence. We all want to have authority in our space, be the go-to person in our industry. Of course, move the needle in your business. What does that mean? More money, more clients, leads, referrals, endorsements, collaborations, it's all here. We want to develop our skill sets. We're all working on something. None of us have arrived. And of course, we want to grow our network and our circle exponentially with more intentionality, more ROI, and better results. The Connected Leaders Academy is now well over 350 members, paid members. We are in 42 states across the US and 17 international countries. We're talking about awesome places like Italy, Malta, Australia, UK, Hong Kong, Pakistan, India, Germany, France, South Africa, the list goes on. 
We have entrepreneurs from all different entrepreneurial backgrounds, real estate investors, insurance brokers, attorney offices, coaches, authors, speakers, trainers, publishing companies, martial arts school owners, social media gurus, branding experts, you name it, we have the best of the best of all industries under one roof here. I welcome you to join the Connected Leaders Academy today. I want to invite you personally to set up a virtual coffee with me. How do you do that? Go to www.connectedleadersacademy.com. Again, connectedleadersacademy.com. Check out the website, click on the link to set up a virtual coffee with me directly, and I would love to have a conversation with you and explore the next steps on your journey here with the Connected Leaders Academy. Empowered to Inspire, we're going on tour. We're actually kicking it off. Um, I haven't gave the new dates. We were going to start in Texas. Um, it was supposed to be this weekend. However, we are kicking it off in Las Vegas, July. Dates are to come. So if you want to know more about that, we will have that up on the website really, really soon. Again, www.buildingaleadershipmindset.com. Um, let's see here. Um, let's get that. I'm not sure why the streamyard.com is there. Let me edit that. That's crazy. Um, so tell us, Maritza, what are you working on? What is it that you do? Like, what are you doing now? Right now I am, I created Guridi Consulting. Um, I plan on assisting in helping, um, not just parents and families, but also school leaders, school districts. I mean, all the way up to the collegiate level with regards to uh, communication, because one thing that I realized in all of the people that I've spoken to in the education space, and because I also had experience, I, I was able, I had the privilege of working at a Philadelphia district school for one school year as their secretary. So I saw a lot, I saw the other side, you know, parent one side, but then I saw it as an employee. And I saw so many things. And one thing I realized is that when it came to reaching out to a, a, a student's uh, parents or family, a lot of teachers get anxious. And I realized it it was because, and I asked them, I said, when, when you went to teacher's college, did you have communications courses? I understand pedagogy, you know, them understanding the concepts of, of teaching and, and concentrations on particular subjects. But did anyone ever take the time to teach them how to speak to people? Speaking mm. to children, relating to children is something totally different when you, have to, when you have to speak to the adults that are in that child's life. So I plan on, I have a, uh, a, a lesson plan, a presentation series where I can help them better understand uh, be able to get rid of that anxiety to help them be better communicators for good good news, bad news, things in between, areas of concern with parents and families. I also have my, my podcast, which is called Looped In with Maritza. Uh, it comes on on Wednesdays or, and, and people can see it streamed on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and on X, formerly known as Twitter where I talk about everything having to do with any, everything comes back to the importance of access to quality, equitable education for all of our children. So I always have a myriad of guests. 
I have I have educators, I have um, medical, you know, uh, professionals on there. I have actors, I have actresses, comedians, poets, and we, you know, uh, advocates, uh, historians. Anytime I meet someone that I find absolutely fascinating, I ask them because I don't have a producer. I don't have anybody that looks for the guests for me. I just send out a message asking them if they'd like to come on and share with, with the viewers what their journey has been, what they've been doing, and how important education was in their trajectory to where they are now. So it's, it's always uh, fun and amazing. So, and, and that's what, I'm, what I've been doing. In my, you know, in my community across the country, and I at, at where I met you at the AMA, which was amazing. I will now uh, delve into the 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 speaking arena because I've always spoken. I've 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 been on panels. I've gone to conferences. I've I've been to school board meetings. I've been to state capitals, you know, press conferences, all types of things like that. But I said, you know what, I'm going to start showing others, telling others my story so, again, they can take from that and say, okay, she is sharing her life's trajectory, her life's journey, and is still moving forward. Um, I think I could do that, too. I could move forward and move on and, you know, break barriers and overcome obstacles regardless, you know, in English or in Spanish, because that's something that, you know, telling of my story, I'm going to do it in both languages, helping others. I'm going to do it in both languages at all times. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for continuing just to pour into our audience and just, again, your leadership, your mindset on what you have going on and how you're supporting right on both on every level every single level of uh just compassion just understanding just breaking it down um i, I love that you questioned the communication portion of the teaching because a lot of times we lose that and and that's the most important piece to really understanding and being able to serve and serve at the capacity that is um, that five star level, right? That um, going above and beyond, just understanding the different characteristics, types, personalities, just all of that matters, Absolutely. right? We can't speak like I can't speak to you the way I would speak to someone else, depending on you know what their makeup is, what their DNA is, and it's so important that just communication is that at the front and center of, okay, how am I going to handle this situation and how am I going to be able to um, bring solutions uh, yeah. versus complaining versus, um, yes. you know, this is just not working. Okay. If it's not working, well, what this is, what can, you know, if you look at it from this angle, what, what if we can receive results that way and giving them um, those. So I'm just, in awe of what you're doing and continue to do it. And I look forward to working with you in any capacity. Um, but what do you have? Um, how can people get a hold of you? Um, it's very, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on all the social media platforms. I mean, I had to learn. I was like, <laughs> TikTok, what? You know, <laughs> IG, Instagram, you know, I, I, I've, I've leaned a lot into my, 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 my older children. 
mean, my mm -hmm. eldest is 33. I have a 27-year-old now, my soon-to-be 19-year-old. And and I and I often ask my daughter, I'm like, how do you do this? How do you do that? I mean, I love CapCut now. I love Canva. So I'm learning all of the things that I need to to better be able to relay my messages to people. So the easiest way to reach me, if not through my Gmail at GertieConsulting at gmail.com, I am on, you know, Maritza Gertie on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on LinkedIn. They can just look up my name and find me, send me a DM. I'm very responsive. Um, you know, I don't, I don't allow weeks to go by without reaching back with someone and we can connect and talk. Um, I'm always available for someone that just is asking for some advice on how to handle possibly a difficult situation with, with their school age child, because it is, it, it's, you know, they need support. Not everyone gets that support, whether it's in English or in Spanish. I've always, uh, always, always, always been a proponent of that just to make sure that people have access to the information that they need. Because once they have information, that's power. And that's a powerful person. And people need to tap into their personal power, their personal voice and say, you know, you're not alone. You can speak up and you have rights. And so do your children. Absolutely. A hundred thousand percent. And I just have to say, just speak up. If you don't know, continue to connect with people that can get you those answers or direct you in the right way. And Maritza, keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to just flip it again. Um, because again, I met you at a speaking competition and was that your first time on stage? Like at an actual competition? Yes. Aside from when I was younger for spelling bees. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it was, it was, I mean, I came in at the last leg of the opportunity because Emilio Cromán had happened to uh, put it out there that two, uh, two people, a couple that was supposed to also be part of the competition had to withdraw. So he put it out there and I said, you know what, let me reach out to him. I met Emilio several years ago at the Pennsylvania Latino Convention. Mm -hmm. And he and I were both on the stage for the equivalent of a TED Talk, which um, Norman Bristol, the creator of the PL Latino Convention, called his whole TED Talks. So I got to meet Emilio and, and his beautiful wife, Daniela. And, and then we kept in touch through social media. And then when he said, when he had that, I said, hey, let's have a conversation. And he talked to me and I was like, yeah. I mean, for me, I always tell everybody, don't be afraid to ask a question because all they can do is say no. And don't be afraid to try. I mean, I don't know where I place. I know I didn't place in the top three. I don't know where I placed. I really don't care where I placed. But the experience was enough for me to know that I can do it and that I'm going to continue doing it. I'm just going to get better at doing it. Absolutely. I don't know where you placed. I was just keeping the time. You definitely didn't go over. You were on time. Oh, that, that part. I practice, practice, practice. <laughs> and I loved it. I believe that you definitely own the stage. You came with an energy. First of all, you came in dancing. I'm like, I'm going to have to go dancing with you. Like, we're going to have to have a night. And I know you had told me about this place. So let's catch up again so we can meet up for that. Um, but that's what it's about. It's about getting in these rooms, right? You didn't know what to expect. You didn't know who you were going to meet, what connections you were going to make. You just said, you know what? That's what I want to do. So let me ask, you get in the door, you're there, you get on the stage, you have your moment, and now you're 
it's like a adrenaline, right? Just like a, oh my God. And let me tell you, all of you guys are winners. I definitely did not want to be a judge. They guy didn't ask me to be a judge because I was really like, let's just give everybody a trophy because it was that powerful. Like the competition was tight. And I don't know when I placed, uh, when I did the first one, the second one, I did come in third place. Um, and then I've been on a couple other stages, um, and now I'm creating my own stages, right. And for my community, and we're going around the world to do it. And that's, that's what it's about. Just bringing these topics, these untapped, um, untapped issues that we have in our society that need to be nurtured and built and poured into. And I am just loving everything you're doing. Thank you so much for your time, for coming on here, connect with her. And even at our first connection, I already connected you with someone that is starting her journey. Um, she's my cousin. She's amazing. Um, she was scared to like even get started, but now her voice is like burning within and she's ready to uh, get it out there. And I can't wait to see what type of magic you guys come up with and we can all do together. Super exciting um, that these are the opportunities that could potentially come out. If you just say yes to yourself, get in the rooms, get on those stages and continue to connect with people that are going to lift you up and yes. help you and cheer you on along the way. Um, and I see that just from um, meeting you for the first time a couple weeks ago. But thank you again. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Building a Leadership Mindset Podcast. As I always say, have a great day and make it count. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>